0: Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Big Ben is about to chime to welcome in a brand new year, but will it be the year of the stag?
2: 2023 ends with a draw at home to Doncaster Rovers, but it also ends with Mansfield Town second in Sky Bet League 2, hunting down that top spot with a trip to the league leaders on New Year's Day. Ahead of a brand new year, we've got plenty of questions, quandaries and that little bit of hope as we look back on the calendar year of 2023 and ask, will 2024 finally be the year where all of our dreams come true? As always, we want you to get involved with your comments, questions and opinions in the live feed as we recap the calendar year, we look back on Grimsby and Doncaster and have a little bit of fun in between as well. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. And welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Hope that you've had a fantastic Christmas and getting ready for those New Year's celebrations this evening. We thought we'd try and squeeze in one more podcast in 2023 to look back on the calendar year and look ahead to a brand new year, to one which could see all of our dreams come true. And to do so, I've quickly assembled a Mansfield Matters team worthy of looking back on all things um, on all things Mansfield Town. Hopefully there won't be too much difference in sound quality just having a little few other problems with it as we uh, go live but I can't do anything about it now so uh, here we go. Uh, right let's say hello and uh, well welcome to Mansfield Matters HQ uh, to the man who sat to uh, to my left who we always hear on the uh, at the end of the phone but never really see in Mansfield Matters HQ so it never really transpires and we never see him on screen because I think he's still in the dark ages. Has Santa finally delivered a laptop, Jim?
3: Not yet, but uh, I need to get on it really. Perhaps a New Year's resolution, I think. Maybe. Uh, well, we've all, alongside Jim, who joins
2: us in Mansfield Matters HQ. Let's say hello and good morning to the voice of the Stags, Mr. Alan Wilson. Morning, Al.
4: Morning, Craig. Maybe. Morning, Jim. Morning, everybody. Morning, morning.
2: mate. Uh, let's say hello and welcome and good morning to Mr. Clive Parkin. Morning, Clive.
4: Anybody
5: uh happy new year's eve to everybody
2: and let's finally welcome the man who's been counting down the days for the brand new year it's nick of mansfield town shirts fame morning nick
6: morning craig morning everyone
2: good to see you as always right before we uh, take you off screen obviously you've got something over your shoulder you're trying to go all little all decorative on us uh what have you got behind you
6: I've gone end of the year, 23-24. Again, the lack of 20 has come back to bite me again because I was going to do twenty twenty four, but I haven't got it. So I've had to go 23-24. So I do apologise, but that's the best best you're going to get.
2: It's apt for the end of the season, isn't it? You'll have to get those two shirts out again for the end of the season review, won't you?
6: Yeah, absolutely.
2: We'll wait and see what happens. Uh, right, so let's delve into all things Mansfield then, shall we? Jim, I'll start with you. Soon as you've uh, you've joined us in HQ, and it also means I can test the sound out while you're talking. Um, obviously, a disappointing end to uh, 2023 in terms of a one all draw at home to uh, the Doncaster Rovers, but it wasn't a defeat, and really, it stands in really good in good stead because it's taken us up to second.
3: Yeah, I think it's all relative now, isn't it? You know, going into the business half of the season, uh, we actually gained a point on Wrexham and I gained a goal on Stockport, so we're better off than all top three sides winning. I, th- I think I was never more frustrated at the time during the game, but afterwards, I was, I'm always quite philosophical. It's gone, isn't it? But um, I think it was just too many games, what, fourth game in 13 days, and I just think it... Yeah, we looked leggy. We looked slow. And... Um, I think it was just that. But we, we got a point, which could be a vital point. And Nigel Clough, at the end of the game, Clive,
2: spoke openly and honestly in his uh, post-match, uh, post-match comments about fans um, and a certain section of fans, only a minority, it has to be said, who sat behind the dugout booing. And he was right to call them out in the end, wasn't he? Because realistically, even though it was a sluggish performance, like Jim's just said there, it was a quick turnaround of games. We didn't make any change to the side. We didn't lose the game. And we're going into a brand new year. Second in Skybet League 2. The best position we've been in. Well, for as long as I can remember.
5: Yeah, the behaviour of some of our fans, and you're quite right, it's a very small minority of them, is appalling. I mean... If you're going to abuse your management team when we're second in the league, just because we haven't haven't got a, a flowing win on the day, but apparently that group of spectators behind that dugout are always on the, on the manager's back, regardless of circumstance. I don't know why they bother coming to the game. If it was up to me, I'd have them shot.
2: <laughs> I don't know where to go from that, Nick. Get
0: us out of that. <laughs>
6: I think you need that banner at the bottom that says the views of those uh, on the podcast did not reflect the Mansfield matters. That's what you need. You just need that flying across the bottom. The time. <laughs> it's normally I, there. I mean, it, I it, a time for it to there
5: you go. There it is. Look. I need. I wouldn't have them shot. I'd have them garroted. That's slightly better, isn't it?
6: Um, yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, if you've been a Stags fan for anything more than a year, really, I think, you know, you have to appreciate these as the good times in quotes. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if you're if you going to find any time to be disgruntled and, and unpleasant, I think this is the last season you'd pick. You know, you, you could have picked 15 out of the last 20, but I wouldn't have picked this one. Um,
5: Do you know, I think because we're doing well and the gates are double what they were, um, it's brought back to the ground some of the fans that have been uh, resting for many years. Um, and they bring with them, in some case these are mat- supposed to be mature adults. They bring with them the behaviour and attitude of the 70s and 80s. And they are dreadfully badly behaved and you know they influence kids around them they they offend people and yet people are uh, uh, generally unwilling to confront them the stewards are next to useless um I just think it's it's a really sad testimony to um what people want from football at, at our level uh, I just think that those of us that are used to disappointment can deal with it those that don't seem to have the ability to deal with disappointment behave very badly
2: Alan, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, you know, like we said there, we've all got numerous years of support in the Stags and this is probably the best year, well, it is the best year position that we've been in going into a brand new calendar year for Mm. many, many, many a moon. But there are a generation of fans now who expect us to be winning week in, week out, who expect us to be turning teams over. It's a perspective thing, isn't it?
4: It is, and I'm going to say everybody's got their own opinion. Everybody pays the money and they're entitled to their opinion. But, you know, we don't agree with everybody's opinion and sometimes the opinions that they do shout out aren't the right ones at the right time. I think three things happened from uh, Friday night, in my opinion. There were too many people didn't have a good game. They came with a game plan and fitted it perfectly. But at the end of the day, it's a draw. We didn't lose. And we ended up second. So, hey-ho.
2: Let's delve into it a little bit in a little bit more depth, Jim, and talk about what Alan's just mentioned there and the fact that uh, talk about what was on the pitch. Let's go back to the Grimsby game, Boxing Day, because that was everything that you wanted from Mansfield Town. We had the highest amount of shots, I think, for, for a long time. I think it was some, some sort of uh, Football League record as well. You know, we scored two very good goals, should have arguably been more, but it was crisp, it was precise, it was exactly what you expect of Mansfield Town this season. It was, yeah.
3: Um, it was very contrasting from the Doncaster game, but um, I think we just had a bit more in the tank, didn't we? And Grimsby were a different proposition to Doncaster, who didn't, what, they're 20th in the league, Doncaster, and they didn't look like that. Um, yeah, it, um, I'd... I think that's what we can do against Grimsby and I know Clough stood there after the game and said oh, for better finishing we'd have had six goals and we seem to have heard that time after time but um, yeah I, I think you just got to every day, every game's different in it and we seem to we've not got into that top gear yet for me. We've seen glimpses of it against Grimsby and glimpses of it against like Wrexham at home but um yeah I don't think we've got on clicked into that top gear for a run yet and I think we will after Christmas. Yeah, it's all
2: about what we do after Christmas. Nick, let's uh, stay with that Grimsby game for for a second, like we were saying there about the, the amount of shots and things that we, we had in that one. It was a good all-round attacking performance. And I guess it, it, that just sort of typifies Mansfield this this season. We can put together good passes. We take a chances, we're patient when we need to be. And we, we get the results. And I think if it was the other way around and it had been... Um, Grimsby a draw against Grimsby and then a win against Doncaster. I think there might have been even more questions that we you know, that we, we can't turn teams over like Grimsby who, you know, had a good 10, 15 minute spell where we were really on the back foot.
6: Yeah, I think I think the goal before half time killed that game, didn't it? I think if they'd have scored the goal, where was it, Isa, who God knows why he was on the bench. He was our best player by a country mile, yeah. um, could have scored in the 44th minute, and apparently we were time wasting, which I've never seen Mansfield do in their life. But ironically, the booking to Pim gave us enough time to score the goal, so which was nice for that to work out. Um, but I, I've got no issue with the 37 shots and two goals, it is what it is with the set, well, the second highest score in the league or whatever, in terms of second best goal difference. You know, I've got no problem with it. We could have scored a few more, but it was as dominant as you're going to see. I think Dave Artell did watch highlights of a different game. It certainly wasn't the one I saw on Boxing Day. I, I have a feeling he was watching old highlights. Um, maybe of the time they beat us about 6-0 at Blundell Park. Maybe he was watching that one. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought, it, apart from that little, like you say, 15-minute wobble, I thought we were utterly dominant. I didn't think they looked like scoring. You know, Danny Rose had a few efforts where it, you know, flew into the the stand. I, I thought we, were, we looked dominant. Um, ironically, I think the best move we put together over Christmas was, ironically, the goal against Donny. <laughs> That was the best move we put together. But, um, yeah, just, just frustrating. We, we didn't score more goals, but you'll take a 2-0 win at home every day of the week.
2: Alan, we talk about, well, we spoke pre-Christmas about squad rotation over the, the festive period. And Nigel Clough was vocal in his comments before saying, you know, I am going to utilise the squad over this busy period. There will be squad rotation. And then lo and behold, we're going to the Doncaster game and we're unchanged from the Grimsby match. What? What, two, three days prior?
4: I know it was (laughs) I had to laugh when he said that uh, Nigel asked the players well the players aren't going to say I don't want to play are they I wouldn't have thought I'd play you know if I was 80% fit I'd want to play but yeah I think a couple of uh, changes you know probably Clark and Oates on uh, Monday might do the trick just freshen it up a little bit like I said, there was—I think there were one or two. Well, I'd probably say four or five that just weren't on it on the day. Reed being one of them, and he's the—he's the main playmaker, and he wasn't on his game at all. But you know, these things happen. I'd take the point any day of the week.
3: It was nice to see afterwards after the Doncaster game because even though we weren't at it, and Cough was very—he had their backs, didn't he? He stuck up for them. A bit, yeah. You know, and I think you don't always see that, and I'd like that. You know, he, he stuck up for them. Because in the past, obviously, we've had a different tone from him, but uh, now I like that. I think we want to see a bit more of that.
2: I think with the the Doncaster game, Clive, I think you know Nigel Clough will probably hold his hands up and say, "Yeah, I should have made changes." But when you are on such a run and you know you, you are putting your trust in your players and you're saying, "Are you you know are you fit enough to, to give it a go? Are you you're up for the challenge?" And they're saying, "Yes." You don't want to sort of then go, "Well, actually, I don't believe you." You want to put your, your trust and your faith in your players. The only thing he's probably guilty of. Nigel Clough is is not making changes earlier against Doncaster perhaps at half time rather than you know the, the 65 70 minute mark
5: I think he's damned if he doesn't damned if he doesn't to be honest I think you have to trust the manager and his assistant to make the best decisions they think they can at that time it's their job um someone on the column has asked if I thought it was a penalty yes it looked like a penalty to me but I wasn't in the ideal position to judge but overall we didn't deserve to win and therefore I'm, I'm with the rest of you I think a draw is is satisfactory in that respect.
2: And if if you go back, you know, historically over our our seasons, Nick, and and look at the the games we played, performances like that against Doncaster, where we weren't at our fittest, where we weren't at our best, where we weren't taking our chances as much. Historically, those are the games in previous seasons which would have ended up in the lost column. The most important thing is that we came out of the game, we still got a point from it, and we still stayed unbeaten. We are so difficult to beat with just one league defeat this season so far which we should have won his, yeah, yeah which of course we should have won or at least should have got a draw out of that one at swindon it's one of those nick isn't it where you just think what do people want
6: yeah i think that the big our biggest sort of tick in the box is that we are hard to beat you look at all the teams who are successful in this league historically and they're hard <laughs> to beat they don't lose many games Um and i know we're into now double figures for draws but it just means we don't lose we I would hate to want to play Mansfield. Um, and I don't think many teams will want to. I don't think Stockport will particularly want to play Mansfield either. I don't think anybody does. I think we're, we're just, we don't just we set out to, to not win, but we are just very incredibly difficult to beat by default. The, the defence, I mean, Pim for me has been, I, I question the re-signing of Pim slightly thinking that, well, maybe there's, because he's, he's on a lot of money and maybe there are options who are just as good in, on, on a lot less money, but he's been unbelievable. He's been outstanding as the whole back four. And I think that being hard to beat is our biggest quality at the minute. You look back in, in previous seasons, like when we got to the, the playoffs, when we played MK Dons, we were brilliant going forward. But we you know, we were conceding goals for fun at home, especially. Whereas now you, you go out and the default is that we tend to keep a clean sheet. Um, or at least we don't concede many more than one. And I think that's going to have stalled us in massive stead for the rest of the season.
5: I think, you, Nick, you're right. The expected goals for Mansfield is around two per game. Um, if you accept the stats for what they are, um, and therefore you ask yourself, when was the last time Mansfield conceded three goals? Mm. So the likelihood of us losing in a, a three-goal scoring game is 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 very very low.
6: Yeah, we we don't we don't concede a lot of chances, do we either? I think we were top of like you say one top. If I think we were top of the xG column, but we were also top of the lowest xG against as well. So we, you know, if you're scoring goals and you're not you're creating chances and you're not having chances against you, then you you can't ask for
2: much better than that, I don't think. It's an interesting one as well, Alan, isn't it? When you sort of take into consideration, all right, yeah, we're into double figures or whatever for for draws this time around. But at the the same time, I'm looking at a a direct comparison with this time last year. 23 games played going into the calendar year. At this stage last season, at this stage last year, we were in sixth position Eleven wins, five draws, and seven defeats with a plus three goal difference on 38 points. This time around, um, again, 12 wins, 10 draws, one defeat, plus 23 goal difference, plus 10 on the team that's beneath us uh, in Wrexham, who are on the same amount of points, 46 points, five points off of the top. I would much rather have a, a larger draw column than have a lot than have wins and losses being on the same balance. Because like everybody else has said, Alan, it makes us hard to beat. And that difference there between this time last year, sixth place where we ended up losing out on the playoffs by one goal, and now second place where we what five points off top spot, 10 goal cushion goal difference-wise on the team below us, in great form. It, I honestly cannot see where the negative is in, in that. That is one hell of a progression swing.
4: I just think it's uh, it bodes well for Nigel because after the first year, the second year, and now this is his third year, I think he's learnt from his mistakes with the size of the squad. You know, and obviously we've got not that many injuries now. We've got one or two, but not, you know, not as what we had last year. And we've got the squad this year to cope with it if we do get a few injuries. You look on the bench and it's quality all the way through. And I think that helps because he's learned, well, I won't say the mistake, he's got his own mind on what he does, but uh, having a bigger squad and having quality in the squad, it just bodes well, you know, to get the draws, to get the wins, and, you know, we're just hard to beat, like Nick said, and such as Pim, when you've got a back four like you've got at the moment, it only breeds confidence, <coughs> and he's proving that with his performances.
2: And it's interesting to see what Alan just said there, Jim, about you said sort of learning from his mistakes but then corrected yourself and said didn't learn from mistakes I actually think you were right the first time round I think he was right the first time man I think he has learned from his mistakes and that's in the quality of recruitment because what we did so well last year you know being joint top scorers in the league we scored goals but at the same time we leaked goals we weren't solid at the back and having those good foundations what he's done is built from the back. He's built solid foundations and he's made us difficult to, to win. All right, some people boo and say that the football is not as exciting as it was two years ago when we got to Wembley. That's because we had momentum and spark and something. But we always had that underlying doubt that when we lost the game, something would potentially go wrong. But this time, this time around, it's a, a solidity, where's the back there? It's a solidity um, that we've got about us. And... We're a little bit more patient with it, and I think he has learnt from those mistakes because he's recruited. And what we do is we just we're stable, we're a steady ship. We're not zipping around everywhere. Hmm. It's not pinball.
3: It's a solid
2: trajectory now.
3: He's made us more of a machine, hasn't he? More sort of functional, and we can grind things out now. And I think in the summary, recruiting their end of defenders, didn't he? Uh, In particular, Mr. Flint, too. I think it's been massive to it all. I, I think it's really good. I still think there's a lot more to come from us uh, from an attacking point of view. I still think, as I say, I don't think we've clicked into that top gear and I think we will. I think well, we're on 46 points mm. and we've played exactly 23 games. So if you double that, that's... That's me, that's maths. That's what, 92? <laughs> Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> 92 points, So I mean, that's got it. It's yeah, The last t- five years, 92 points gets you automatic, doesn't it? Straight if, over my head, Matt. In any, you know, nine to two points gets you automatic, doesn't it? And I, I, I could see us at least matching the last, the first half of the season points wise for me. So well, we're well, hopefully we have like,
5: fewer draws in the second half, Jim. Hmm, I yeah. think so. Yeah, but more
2: wins. I would, you know, i I, I would not like us to. I, the harder we are to beat, the the better momentum we'll have, and the oh, more teams yeah. will mentally struggle when when they see our name on the on the fixture list uh, and just going back to that progression as well nick i sort of had a little look back to the previous couple of seasons i take the club's first season at the end of 2020 out of the, the equation because obviously he'd only been in for a couple of couple of games at that point we would played 20 won only three all three by the way we were, were under his uh well yeah un, under his uh stewardship 11 draws and 60 feats on 20 points minus five goal difference the following season the, the playoff season um, end of 2021, 22 games played at this point, nine wins, five draws, eight defeats, minus one goal difference in interest the only 32 points. And then like we sort of said, you know, this time last year, six, 23 played, 11 wins, five draws, seven defeats. The progression, you cannot, you, you cannot fault it whatsoever, can you? It's the The journey that we've been on, we have to now have put ourselves in the best possible position we can to, you know, come the summer, come six months' time, to be talking about a promotion-winning side?
6: Yeah, the, the big indicator for me is is your goal difference. I mean, when have Mansfield ever had better goal difference than anybody else? We've always got slightly worse goal difference than everybody else. And that's, for me, it, points can be won and lost in games and be unjust. I don't think you can have an unjust goal difference, if that makes sense. I think it's sometimes a more truer reflection of how you play as a team than your points. You know, you look at Wrexham and their goal difference is plus or minus, you know, whatever. It's a lot, it's a lot less than ours. Because they win games 5-4, 4-3, 3-2. As we don't, we win games 2-0 and 3-1. And it, I think that's a real indicator of our progression. You say minus five was one of them you just talked about. Mm. Last season, our goal difference wasn't great. Um, I think if you were anything other than a Mansfield fan, you'd look at that table and go, well, Mansfield are going up. I just think yeah, you would. I just yeah, think you'd yeah, look yeah. at it and go, you know, if, if, if it wasn't Mansfield and we would say where somebody else was and you looked up and saw plus 23 goal difference, lost one game until Christmas. With the players we've got, you'd go, well, you know, they're that, that, that a almost. There is that little burning doubt in me. And, the, and I think the only doubt I have, I, d- I just don't want us to do what we've done in two of the previous three promotion pushes, is sign players in January that rock the apple cart, the Ajozies, the the Grants, the... Uh, I could name a few. I was thinking of a couple we signed two seasons ago when we uh, we messed it up at getting get to Wembley. There was, was yeah, my thought. Jamie Murphy. That I, I just yeah, hope we don't M- do that Murphy. where we sign players. Yeah, Murphy. Where we sign players and long staff to a, to a point where we sign players who are good players but don't fit. I don't think they will because I think when we talk about learning mistakes, I think for once Clough has signed good players who fit rather than just good players. You know, we've been... I think what Mansfield traditionally do is because we can pay players decent wages, we buy good League Two players but they don't necessarily fit. Um, whereas I think as long as we do that in January, I think the trajectory that you speak about, I think is just, you know, I think we'll be very hard to stop. You've got to think, oh, are two teams going to get better points bet- on us and goal difference between now and the end of the season? And at the minute, the way we're playing, I can't see it.
2: I'm going to come back to the players things uh, shortly because we will talk transfer window uh, in the second half of the show. I just want to pick up on one other thing that Nick mentioned there, Alan, is that is uh, the, the the phrase... Anything other than a Mansfield fan. <laughs> and that is probably the thing, isn't it, at the minute? Um, we are so used to uh, historic heartbreak and being in positions like this and it not ending well, ending in tears of, of sorrow rather than tears of joy. And I think Sara hits the uh, the nail on the head in the comments, says, we have some moaning fans behind us in the lower west. Uh, they moan from sitting down to leaving uh, some people just like do like to to have a moment but if like we were talking about the stats there, Alan, you know, you look at the progression that w- we've been on. This has been a journey which we've built over three, four years, and we are now in the best possible position that I think we could be in. Ashley also says in the comments, Alan, I would like 14 rings in a row, like stop, port, then that shuts them up. I have to slightly disagree with that, Alan. I have to say, as much as I would bite anyone's hands off for 14 rins in a row. What I want to see Mansfield do is mirror exactly what we've done to this point because if we do that, we will be promoted. We're not... 14 wins, wins in hour, as we saw at the start of the campaign, the more you win games, the more you become a target. What Mansfield are now is difficult to beat. We're tough to break down. We're a side which gets under your skin and irritates you. And I just want to see us continue that vein of form because the more momentum you build with wins, consecutive wins as the season goes on, The more that defeat inevitably rocks you, whereas what we're doing now, being tough to be, accepting a defeat or a a difficult draw like we had against Doncaster at some point, it doesn't matter because you know that collectively we're not going to deflate. We're on a steady, steady road and I can't ask for anything more. Can you?
4: no no and i think it's fair play to nigel He'd say it would take three years he's in his third year isn't he i think this is his third year is like we said is is learned each time is moved forward and he's always said that if a player comes in whether it be january or loan or whatever they've got to enhance what we've already got they now out there that's any better than what we've got i think you'll be fine one to be honest we may need a, you know, a striker possibly who can put the ball in the net on a frequent basis. But, I mean, we've got Keeler done with 13 goals. We're shipping in with Maris, you know, and even Flint and Cargill again, the odd one or two with Johnson. And I think it's looking good. Like Nick says, I don't want to upset the apple cart about it if we can't get the player that we want. Obviously, Nigel's found somebody that to put on loan, whether it's the chat from Cardiff, whether it's somebody else, who knows? We'll wait and see. But uh, I just think they've got to be careful. While they're doing okay, leave it as it is.
2: Let's delve into some uh, comments and then we'll take a quick break and we will delve into that transfer window chat. Keep your comments coming in. Have your say on your team. Uh, your reflections on 2023, please, in the position that we are in going into the brand new calendar year. Uh, Ant says, if they would have offered us uh, second in the league at the beginning of the season, we'd have all taken it. Can't understand people booing. 6-0 or 1-0, we get the same points. It's a great time to be a true Stags fan. People asking about who we might sign in January as well. Uh, Liam says, anyone booing or moaning at, at sitting second in the league needs to take a. Um, uh seriously give the their head a shake absolutely um 14 wins takes us to 92 points says ashley uh, and laura says less defense out there just need to keep scoring unfortunately last game couldn't seem to break doncaster down my thoughts are do we need another target man up front Well, we're going to delve into that as well uh, and craig says uh, is lee gregory coming in january to join his mate aiden flint of course lee gregory and um, having been a stag Many moons ago as well. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk transfer window very, very shortly indeed. And we're going to reflect and put these guys to the test on everything um, that's happened in 2023. Keep your comments coming in, your opinions, your comments, questions, and opinions on all things 2023 and that transfer window uh, as we ask two questions. What would you do in the transfer window? And are Mansfield Town in the best possible position that they've been? for many a year going into a brand new calendar year stay there don't go anywhere this is the Mansfield Matters podcast the show for the fans by the fans
0: and there There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: You're with the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the <coughs> Mansfield Matters podcast. Welcome back to the show. Keep your comments, questions and opinions coming in. Right, we're going to delve into the transfer window. Uh, alongside me, I've got Jim Evans joining me in uh, Mansfield Matters HQ. And virtually, uh, we've got Nick of Mansfield Townshirts fame, Clive and Alan there as well to answer all your comments, questions and opinions and talk all things transfer window. Uh, there is a big rumour going around at the minute, uh, Jim, that uh, a former stagging Lee Gregory is going to come uh, back to the one call cool stadium, of course, played with Aidan Flint at Shepherd Wednesday, friends with him as well. Is it just putting two and two together and getting nine? Or do you think there's something in it? Because it's it always seems to be, doesn't it? Oh, it's a friend of a friend and a high-profile name, so it sort of fit, it, it fits the glove. Before we delve into friend of friend and all that, yes or no, would you bring him in based on him as a player?
3: Um, possibly. I mean, you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt, don't you? I would, but you get linked with hundreds of players at this time. Of year. everybody does and it's 99% of the time, it's waffle, isn't it? So, I think the more we sit here and talk about it and you think about it, do we really need particularly, we we probably need a bit more depth because, you know, injuries and lack lack of form, but I think we're basically pretty good, to be honest with you, when you think about it.
2: It's an interesting quandary, Nick. I'm going to come to you because earlier in the show, you were talking a little bit about Mansfield doing what they've done in the past, signing players for the sake of signing players, signing players because other teams are signing players and getting the wrong fit in. The biggest thing for me at the minute is... A, not losing any of our big hitters who have been tremendous in our rise to where we are. We're talking the likes of, of DKD, Aidan Flynn, et cetera, et cetera. And then B, it's whether or not you rock the boat. Because I completely agree with what you said before. We did need players back then because we, we didn't quite have the depth that we've got now. But they have to be the right fit. Jamie Murphy's the prime example, you know, a couple of seasons ago. Tremendous quality, but he came in on loan. He didn't live locally. He was living away from his family. I think he had four young children, you know, lived up in Scotland. And if you were to take that in context of any other job than football, you just simply wouldn't do it. So getting that signing right is the biggest thing that Nigel Clough would, would have to do. On the surface, given all of that, would you make any additions or would you just go with what we've got?
6: I I think... It'd be criminal if we didn't sign a striker. I just don't think what who we've got are firing and they need some support. I just don't think they're enough to get us the goals that potentially we need. I know we are scoring goals from other, where, uh, from, from other areas. Um, if DKD carries this up, he'll be on 24 goals. Is that likely? Don't know. Maybe he's going to drop off. I'm not sure. I, I just think they need a bit of help up front. I would sign one striker and that is it. I wouldn't upset. You know, when we signed Murphy, that stopped Quinn playing on the left. And then that Quinn-McLaughlin thing stopped working. You know, Don't sign somebody who pushes the likes of Maris or Reed or Brunt. Or, let's not bring somebody in for the sake of it who pushes out somebody who's had a cracking start. That You know, somebody who comes in and pushes Bowery out, for example, maybe at right back or left back or whatever. I just think we need a striker and that's it. To complement the three we've got, get Gale out on loan. And that, for me, would keep the squad size the same. Um, getting a goal scorer in January though is a horrific time to sign a you know, to sign a goal scorer because if they're already scoring goals they're going to cost a fortune somebody behind me at the, at the stag said about the fella at um, Swindon Jake Young I don't know whether he fits into our system I've no idea but he's going to be stupidly expensive because he scored what 15, 16 goals um, or you score somebody who hasn't scored as many goals and it's probably not as good so a striker is the only thing I would aim for um, if, it, if the rumours are to be believed about the guy from Cardiff I understand he's a winger, so maybe not. The only thing I can think Nigel might be thinking in terms of depth is when we do go to that 4-3-3, we don't actually have any natural wingers, really, apart from maybe Oates. We try and shoehorn players onto the wing. So maybe that's what he's thinking for this fella from um, from Cardiff. But apart from that, I would just sign a striker. That's Nigel
2: it. Clough, historically, Clive, doesn't like to make uh, too many signs uh, other than ones that are methodically all uh, the ones that he's targeted uh, in the summer. I don't think he'll be the type to, to bring players in for the sake of uh, bringing players in. But I think it's, it's like with all said, we've all said, isn't it? It's whoever comes in can't afford to knock somebody else undeservingly out of that side because there's nobody within that squad that I can see being, you know, like for like replaced other than the likes of Hiram Boateng, James Gale, will swan to a degree who just aren't playing or aren't featuring anyway. So what would be the point?
5: I think let's start from basics. If we had this squad last year, we'd have romped the league. We have a a, a better quality of player this year across the the, the squad. We were deeper in places where we were were woefully exposed last year. And as we mentioned earlier, our defence is second to nobody in this league. So you don't want to mess around with that. I think in the longer term, you would be looking for a replacement for Brunt because I can't imagine him being here next year. But then we've got Kilgore coming back from injury, hopefully. Um, I think we need a striker. We need a, um, an unambiguous striker. Um, and if I had to pick anybody, I think i like the look of the lad Smith from Sutton, if we could buy mean, him. I mean, mean the absolutely. thing is, there are going to be clubs that are now already looking to reduce their budget based on failure for next year. And Sutton fits Speaking into of- that category
2: yeah sorry to cut you off you'd mentioned there the lad from Sutton what's his do you mean Alistair Smith
5: no I don't mean him do I there's, there's tall striker I've forgotten his name
6: do you mean Salford the fella from Salford
5: no what's the lad for Sutton I forgot his I name I don't know the
2: lad for Sutton who was Smith was Alistair Smith who was
5: ours who we no, had no I don't it mean it. Third now at Lincoln. I might be yeah. thinking the I might be thinking the tall lad from Salford then but either the way, he's an unambiguous striker and he's good in the air and yeah, I think that's, that's something that's we haven't Smith. got yeah yeah, yeah. But, uh, but again, I think if, if he didn't get a signing at all, I'd have no problem with it. Um, I think when you need to move some people out, um, Boateng is the obvious candidate. He's just never played the way that we knew, know that he can. Um, and therefore, you know, he's, he's had plenty of chances. We just have to let him go. And rumour uh, has it that Swindon are interested in him. But if that's the case, good. Because uh, I think Clough's probably up to his limit on budget as well.
2: I think chris has just uh, figured out who we all meant in the comments clive, yeah harry smith,
4: harry smith.
2: so many smith you were
4: right with the smith
5: they need to change a few names to go poor old park in here
2: <laughs> yeah because, i do. mean uh... Uh, Alan, <laughs> go on uh, we're just talking there obviously about potentially moving players and i think i, I agree with, with with clive i think we don't particularly need a player to bring in other than one who's immense quality but then who do you you take out if you're going to bring anybody in it's going to be more somebody who is just going to be on the fringes, to use the, the term loosely, and who can just come in and play one or two games or, or impact from the bench. I don't think you're going to shift Aikens. You're not going to shift, um, you know, DKD. You're not going to shift. Mar- you're not going to shift Marish. You're not going to shift Oates. I don't think anyone can come in and be of, of that calibre. I think what we do need to do is, I, I think we probably need to just maneuver a few out for me, what would you what would you be doing? Would you be on the on the side of we need to bring somebody in or are you happy with what you've got and believe that we've got enough within us to continue the journey and the momentum that we've already built?
4: Well if you get rid of uh, if Bo ten goes, I would bring one in, you know, just to cover for him. If O O2 goes, O really played anyway, so it's not a massive list and at uh, least miss should i say and also cooper could climb up the rankings there i think but uh yeah if i would just bring one in it would be more of a strike because so i think we're quite comfortable in midfield anyway and at the moment i know if maybe it's saving him maybe not there might be some underlying problem without why he's not getting you know the full 90 minutes each game there might be a reason behind that but I would sooner have ouch playing than not.
2: It's an interesting quandary, um, this one, um, Jim, because you look at that midfield and Alan's just mentioned there, John Joe O'Toole, he's played excluding like additional time, he's played one minute of Sky Bet League to action this season, one minute from the bench, which is you know, and he's had numerous injuries, and I believe he's injured again. Hiram Boateng has not really hit the ground running and he wouldn't be he wouldn't be a miss. You've got Alfie Kilgore potentially coming back. You've got Elliot Hewitt potentially coming back, you know, February, February March time for the, for the running. You've got George Cooper, who's a defensive option. Lewis Brunt has been tremendous going into midfield. I think losing Boateng and, o- and O'Toole and not replacing them would also be fine.
3: Yeah. I mean, Boateng and O'Toole, I should think of uh, two of the bigger earners as well in the squad. <coughs> but for me, I mean, I know Swan's not particularly done a lot and Gale's a bit raw, and not that anybody's particularly been terrible, you know, up front, but I think it's more, I think, as the season goes on and we become one of the favourite teams to go up, I think, and we see more t- more teams coming to the mill and parking the bus and we find it hard to break them down, I think it's more, we're missing that striker. They don't have to be the best striker, but that striker who gives us something different, you know, who can win headers in the box, who can get crosses in and they can win headers, you know, whether they're marked by three or four defenders that we haven't really had since Hawkins left. They don't have to be the best one, but just someone who gives us a bit, something a bit different when we're struggling to break teams down at home it, when we're up against a low block.
2: Nick, I think one of the, the things as well is that when it comes to this time of year,
3: there's a difference
2: between short-term thinking and long-term thinking. A lot of people's viewpoint is probably that short-term of what's going to get us over the line, what's going to get us promotion, who can we get in? to do this little chunk. Nigel Clough doesn't do that. You look historically at his signings. They're all longer-term players. So any player that we that we bring in has to be good enough to play in League 2 and get us over the line. Of course they do. But also, they've got to be a long-term investment and they've got to be good enough to perform in League 1 as well.
6: Yeah, we don't want anybody short-term like your Longstaffs, your Murphys that we've already spoke about, Jose's that were purely brought in to get us over the line and didn't work. We don't want any of that. Um I think he will only look long-term, it seems, unless he brings a loan in. I mean, I know we have talked about a loan, so, but I can only assume that's someone to bolster the ranks rather than um, come in the team. The only thing I would like and I would say is I think we looked worse now. We seem to have dropped back to one up front like we did against Doncaster. i like to see two up front. And I think Maris pushing further forward has then pushed EKD up front, which then means, um, as we just spoke about, that we haven't really got anything else up front, other than the standard, let's try and get in behind. If that doesn't work when they sit deep, we do need that other option. Um, so that may be a short-term sign and just to get us over the line, but like you say, Clough doesn't usually do that unless he can get somebody on loan because historically we haven't used many loans this season have we? we normally, we've normally used all of our loans up by this stage of the season, but we've only had one. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think he will get anyone necessarily short-term unless it's a, a quick loan of some sort, but we, we definitely need another option up front.
2: And you're all forgetting the enigma that is Jordan Barry as well. So, uh, you know, let's let's not lose hope. Let's not lose faith because Jordan Bowery is always there to go up from right back or left True. back and allow others to come back into the fold. Because as much as I say that tongue-in-cheek, Alan, actually, if you look at what we've just been talking about there, Stephen McLaughlin, you know, two, three, two or three weeks ago wasn't on anybody's radar, wasn't in a, in any of equation, and yet, he's come back in he played 45 minutes against um against Grimsby came on as well you know against Doncaster he's very much back in the fold you've got Callum McDonald there as well you've got so many options you've got Elliot Hewitt potentially coming back you've got um, Alfie Kilgore potentially coming back so that then does free up the likes of Jordan Barrys and uh, or whoever to to push higher up the pitch doesn't it you you are blessed with options but it's a case of when and not if and also doing the same thing of not rushing said players back I think it's more of a mentality thing of getting through January and going well we've got this far with who we've got and what we've got Um, we don't need to to panic and just you know match match up with the Joneses so to speak
4: as regards Stephen McLaughlin, I think he's been a revelation since he's come back. I know he's not played that many min- minutes, but he's looked the quality player that he used to be, in my opinion. He seems to have had touchwood, seems to have got rid of the injury woes, and he is firing on all cylinders. He's looked really good, to be fair. I think Stephen McLaughlin. Alan Wilson, why don't you shut up? <laughs>
6: <laughs> the curse of Alan Wilson again. <laughs>
4: yeah,
5: what do you mean again?
4: Yeah. <laughs> they've already ordered, they've ordered some
5: new crutches based on that.
2: Oh, dear, oh, dear. So it's I'll nice tell you what, though, point.
5: lads. I mean, the one thing that's fairly clear to me, and I'm, I have no greater insight than my intu- own intuition, is that they seem to be a happy squad this year. And, you yeah. know, the the, the Danny Johnson-ism has gone. And, and I think uh, whatever's happening behind the scenes with, with John Joe O'Toole isn't having a great deal of impact on the uh, on the squad. I just think the team seems to be working for each other, which is a really good thing. And, uh, and we've no prima donnas, which is, you know, we've had that, haven't we, when we've taken lone players and, and, and they've, the, the game's about them, not them about the game. And I think we, we really are in a better place because of that. Uh, and they're, they're all the indices are good, aren't they? We've got better crowds. We, we're scoring we're scoring uh, uh, when needed to. We're not conceding goals. All right, we've got a few moaners in the crowd. You're always going to get that. And the pitch is a bit awful, considering the amount of money that's been spent on it over the years. But generally speaking, would you swap where we are now? If, if you said at the beginning of the season, you'll be in second place at Christmas, would you have taken it? Of course you would.
2: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I just want to add to there as well, I think Anthony in the comments has put uh, Boateng can go, Gale out on loan, bringing a forward if they if they fit us. I still think actually we can probably afford to get Gale out on loan without bringing anybody in, without sparking a whole new conversation. But there's one other thing which we've, we've, we've forgot as well, and that is we've got Anthony Hartigan out on loan, so if we had midfield problems and we did let Boateng go and didn't bring anyone else in, he's there to recall as well. We've got, we're blessed with with so many options, we are in the best position as a squad, Nick, that we have been for so many a year. And I think that's down to the meticulous work and progression we've made over the last, you know, 18 months or so to get out the ones that we don't need. Everybody thought, you know, in January last this year when um, Lapsley and, and Hawkins were let go, that that was a big mistake. Well, actually, it's it's proved that it, it wasn't. And, you know, I just I think you've got to, look historically what Nigel Clough has done and actually have trust in the process, what he and his staff are doing off the pitch now, rather than going, well, Wrexham have signed four strikers, uh, Stockport have signed two midfielders, such and such have signed a goalkeeper. Why can't we trust in what we've got?
6: I think if you can't trust Nigel Clough in League 2, you ain't going to trust anybody. I don't think we're going to get a better manager, certainly not for a long time. Um, and he's proven he knows how to get out of these awful leagues that we find ourselves in. He knows how to get out of them, doesn't he? And the uh, the whole three-year plan, I think it was Alan was mentioning earlier, is coming to fruition, isn't it? He said he would need three years. This club has been propped up on Deadwood for the last few years, if we're honest, doesn't it? Um, Whereas now we've got three players, if not four, who can play in every single position, which I've never known anything like it. In the last three transfer windows, it's like they've actually looked at the squad we had before they started, which again, they never normally do. They go, oh, let's sign him. He's a good striker. Well, yeah, but we need two centre-offs. Um, But... Yeah, we we've got two, three, four quality players. Yeah. Callum McDonald, I forgot he existed. You mentioned him a minute ago. I completely forgot that probably our best fullback for the first two months of the season is third choice at the minute. You know, yeah. behind a behind a striker and a fella who's been injured. But you, but it's not a problem. It, it's working. So you, you know, you 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 can't. You know, who'd have said Cargill was was number one choice two months ago? You wouldn't. It's just. You know, Callum Johnson didn't seem to be getting a game, did he, for the first four months of the season? All of a sudden, he's now flavour of the month getting man of the match. It's, the whole squad is capable of coming in and being as good as, if not better. You know, Maris is playing just as good as DKD did in that sort of cam role. So if DKD got injured for whatever reason, weirdly, it wouldn't be the end of the world because you got Maris to come in. And we, we just, Brunt's playing arguably better than Reed was in Reed's position, where Reed had been unbelievable.
2: The two, you know, it's just strange. That- the two biggest threats I think we've got, Jim, is not X team signing X player. It's whether or not we, A, lose somebody to the curse of Alan Wilson, aka injury, or B, <laughs> we sell them. I don't see us doing option B unless it's a player like Kieran Botang, John Joe O'Toole, who aren't in the equation anyway. It's, it's more about that. But like Nick's just said there, even if we did lose one or two, it's not the end of the world because it doesn't have a domino effect anymore. What we've got mm. is nine different variations on an eleven, which is capable of winning the game, not just at League 2 level, but at League 1 level.
3: It makes us very resilient, doesn't it, as a squad? I mean, I think that's probably the biggest worry in this next month is that someone's going to come in with a bid for someone like DKD, which we just can't turn down. And I think if we could... I agree with you, Craig. I, th- I think if we lose one or two of our best players, it won't, it won't harm us that much.
2: Uh, Ant in the comments has put, after Alan's comments about Macker, he can go. Ant, can you just clarify, do you mean Maka can go or do you mean Alan can go? Because I'm not that for Santa. It's not going to happen. Gonna but also, Alan can't play, play left back, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've seen I've seen Alan play up front. He's got a, he's got a mighty left foot on him. Has he? Yeah. Thank you, Greg. Alan's, Alan's, Alan is a, as a man is, of enigma. Oh, no. Ant has oh. said Alan. Well, Ant, that's a yellow card. You cannot do no, You cannot do that. <laughs> to, to Mr. Alan Wilson. Uh, right, well, Alan may well want to go Thank you Mr. What's, Jarvis. About to, what's about to happen on the quiz. Uh, Nick, I'm just going to uh, pre warn you that none of the answers here are Karamak or David Tennant.
6: That's oh, a joke of a quiz.
2: It is, absolutely. Uh, and this quiz is all about 2023. As always, as is tradition here on the Mansfield Matters podcast, at the end of the calendar year, we have a little quiz about what is going to happen. Now, Usually, everybody is all in the room with me, or all virtual. This time, we've got a hybrid of which. Jim is with me. Jim, you can clarify that you have not seen any of the questions, have you? Nope. They've been in front of me all the time on this blank piece of paper, which you can't see folded up. You can't see any of the questions. Alan, Clive, and Nick can't see any of the questions either. Here is a notepad. You're going to need that. There's a pen there. I am now going to mute your microphone so you can't uh, speak. You won't be able to see any of the questions, because I'm going to keep them... Close, uh, close to me. In fact, just for the uh, the purposes of uh, that, would you mind moving your chair around a little bit for us? Going right in front of the uh, the uh, the shirts there. That's it for you. A little bit to the, a little bit to the left. Let's keep you on, uh, a little bit to the right. Sorry, let's keep you uh, still on camera. There you go, just there. And you can't see any of the questions. Uh, Alan, Clive, and Nick as well. Uh, you've got notepads. I'm going to put a little bit of music on in the background for us. You can play along at home if you wish. Uh, to do so, um, and uh, yeah, all of these questions are all about um, what's happened uh, over the uh, the uh, the last twelve months or so. Um, there are various points available. I can tell you that there are twelve questions, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there is a question for each month. So uh, we'll go through them, and then we'll get your answers, and we'll see who takes the uh, the crown of being uh, the person who knows the most about what happened in 2023 so eyes down for question one then and that is as follows 2023 started in defeat at warsaw can you name the starting 11 for that game and you get one point each not bothered about the subs or who came on i just want the starting 11 for the game that started 2023 with defeat at warsaw can you name that starting 11 Feel free to get involved. Please don't put anything in the comments, though, any of those answers, because that means that Alan, Clive, Nick, and Jim will be able to see them. So please just leave that as it is. Feel free to play along at home. So a reminder question, one. 2023 started in defeat at Warsaw. can you name the starting 11 for that game? That's worth one point each. Give the guys another couple of uh, couple of seconds to uh, uh, to do that. We'll go back through the questions at the end as well. How many things can you remember about 2023? Question two then is as follows: Despite falling one goal shy of the playoffs last season, that's the end of the 2022-23 campaign. How many league goals have the Stags scored in the calendar year of 2023? So despite falling one goal shy of the playoffs last season, how many league goals have the stags scored this calendar year? Get your fingers and your toes out and start counting. And the answer, by the way, Nick, is not David Tennant.
6: I put Karamak, is that again that,
2: correct? that that is not the answer. That is not the answer. I mean it could be who is the new shirt sponsor, but again. I highly doubt it, considering Caramac doesn't exist. You've got no idea what we're talking about. Listen back to the Christmas special. Question three. Excluding Christy Pym, who was already with us as 2023 began, how many new faces have arrived this calendar year? And you get one point each for naming them. Could you read that again, Craig? Sorry. I can indeed. Excluding Christy Pym... Who was already with us as 2023 began how many new faces arrived this calendar year one point each so question one so far recap the questions whilst they're um, going through that question one was 2023 started in defeat at walsall name the starting 11 for that game one point each question two was despite falling one goal shy of the playoffs last season how many league goals have the Stags scored in 2023, the calendar year? And question three, the question that we're currently on, excluding Christy Pym, who was already with us at the, uh, the start of 2023. How many new faces have arrived this calendar year? And that's one point piece. It does include loans, yes. You wouldn't have been able to hear that, but Jim just asked whether that included loans. It does include loans.
6: Does it include loans who were already here at the start of the year, but then were not alone anymore?
2: No, because they were already with us. And the only person, the only person who
5: move on to, to, to the him. move on to the next uh, question. It's bound to be about uh, the famous Time Lord.
6: I've got a list of Doctor Who's on my screen here, Clive, and we're in the print ready.
5: <Interesting>.
6: Jody
4: Whittaker, <laughs> Alan. I've got to glow down now. Our... <laughs> He In invented 20- the Caramac.
2: Can I ask the bloody question? <laughs> no. Yeah.
4: <laughs> question four,
2: please, Craig. Question four. In 2023, who has played the most league minutes? Is it Scott Flinders or the combination of George Williams, John Joe, and John Joe O'Toole, and for January to May only, James Gale? So who has played the most league minutes in 2023? Is it Scott Flinders on his own or the combination of George Williams, John Joe O'Toole and James Gale, but for only January to May? So last, the back half end of last season. Question five. On Valentine's Day, the Stags shocked us all with a 4 0 win at Carlisle, but who scored the goals? That's one point each. Question 5. On Valentine's Day, the Stags shocked us all with a 4 0 win at Carlisle, but who scored the goals? One point apiece. Question 6. In March, Snow saw a home game with who postponed until April? And for a bonus point, when that game was replayed, can you tell me the result? So question six. In March, Snow saw a home game with Who postponed until April and a bonus point for the result. Question seven of the That Was 2023 quiz. Preparations for the 2023-2024 season began in July with an 8-0 win at Redford. Can you name the goal scorers? That's one point each.
6: Is that when Alan Wilson played left-back?
2: I believe he played right-back. I don't think he scored,
6: though. I don't think he scored.
2: No. I think Alan played right-back and uh, Jodie Whittaker played left-side centre-half. That's it. Yeah, David Tennant just in the hole. And I'm sure that you've got a shirt somewhere, Nick, with Karamak on the front, which we played for. For in 20 minutes, it had you know different stripes. Now different patches on. It's a collector's item.
6: It is. Alan Wilson sneezed on it.
2: He did. That's why it's framed and It's Worth
6: more. It's worth
2: more. Uh, question eight. In the league only. How many clean sheets of the Stags kept in the calendar year of 2023? In the league only, how many clean sheets of the Stags kept in the calendar year of 2023? <sighs> Question nine, the one which Alan Wilson revised for. <laughs> there have been two penalty shootout wins for the first team this year. Against Sheffield Wednesday and Peterborough. Name all of the players who stepped up and scored across both shootouts. That's one point apiece. There have been two penalty shootout wins for the first team this year. Against Sheffield Wednesday and Peterborough. Name all of the players who stepped up and scored across both shootouts. One point each. So you don't get any points for the players who missed. It's only those who scored. Let me know when you think you've got them and I'll move on to the next question. Five's all good. Nikki. all good? Yeah yeah, Alan Yeah And I've got a nod from Jim as well So let's uh, move on to question 10 Which is 2023 saw the return of the Nottinghamshire Derby With a 4-1 win in October Goal scorers please One a piece One point apiece Nice and easy one for you For question 10 2023 saw the return of the Nottinghamshire Derby With a 4-1 win in October Name the Stag's goal scorers please One point apiece Question 11. This one should be fresh in your memories as well. According to the stats, how many shots did the Stags register on goal on Boxing Day? According to the stats, how many shots did the Stags register on goal on Boxing Day? And your 12th and final question. Since his arrival in January, how many league goals? Has Davis Keeler Dunn scored since his arrival in January? How many league goals has Davis Keeler Dunn scored? So I'm now going to recap all 12 questions for you to allow Alan, Clive, Nick and Jim to uh, have a little bit of a a, a recap and write down any of their answers. And of course, you guys at home can do the same as well. So question one was, 2023 started in defeat at Warsaw. Name the starting 11 for that game, one point apiece. Question two was, despite falling one goal shy of the playoffs last season, how many league goals have the Stags scored in 2023? Question three, excluding Christy Pym, who was already with us as 2023 began. How many new faces arrived this calendar year? One point each. Question four was, in 2023, who has played the most league minutes? Is it Scott Flinders or the combination of George Williams and John Joe O'Toole for the entirety <coughs> of the year? Plus, for January to May only, the minutes of James Gale? Question five, on Valentine's Day, the Stag shocked us all with a 4-0 win at Carlisle. But who scored the goals? One point each. Question six was, in March, Snow saw a home game with who postponed until April and a bonus point for the result uh, when that game was eventually replayed as well. Question seven was, preparations for 2023-2024 began in July with an 8-0 win at Redford. Name the goal score is again one point each. Question eight, in the league, how many clean sheets have the Stags kept in 2023? Question nine was, eh, there have been two penalty shootout wins for the Stags' first team this year. Against Sheffield, Wednesday and Peterborough, name all the players who stepped up and scored across both shootouts, one point each. Um, question 10 was 2023 saw the return of the Nottinghamshire Derby with a four-world win in October, name the goal scorers, one point apiece. Question 11, according to the stats, how many shots did the Stags register on Boxing Day? And finally, question 12 was, since his arrival in January, how many league goals has Davis Keeler done scored? Uh, This is the point that if you're watching the live version, uh, we are now going to give the answers. If you're listening to the audio version, if you're listening to it back and you haven't had time to write down all of those answers yet, press pause because we are going to do the answers in three, two, one. <clears throat> okay, time for the answers now. I'm going to put Jim's microphone back up so we can answer some of the questions as well. I'll uh, go through them all. You can stay where you are. You that up for you? There you go. Yeah. Um. So, question four. Make sure you're speaking to the microphone for us. Uh, question one. Sorry, was 2023 started in defeat at Warsaw? Name the starting eleven for that game, Jim. I'm going to start with you. Name the starting eleven for that game.
3: Right, I've got. Tim, Hawkins, Hewitt, Morris, Clark, Stirk, Barry Boateng, Queen, Swan. I know some of that must be wrong. A lot of them are wrong. Uh, I'll go through them for you. It was
2: Christy Pym, Kellen Gordon, Ollie Hawkins, James Perch and Stephen McLaughlin. Anthony Hartigan, here on Boateng, Stephen Quinn, and George Lapsley. Reese Oates and Will Swan were the starting eleven for that game. Did you say right, Quinn? I did, yeah. I'll go through them and get in the second for you. Ryan Sturk, was you're a year out on Ryan Sturk. Yeah, it's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I let you off. Uh, the lineup: Pim, Gordon, Hawkins, Perch, McLaughlin, Hartigan, Boteng, Quinn, Lapsley, Oates, Swan. Let me know if you need me to recap the answers. You all good? Up, point, each? point one point each. Give me a thumbs up when you uh, when you're ready. Right, question two. Despite falling one goal shy of the playoffs last season, how many league goals have the SAG scored this calendar year? Nick?
6: (sighs) I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that one. 80 I've gone for, I have no idea.
2: Clive? 77. Alan? 68. Jim? 65, I got. The correct answer was 81. I'm going to award a point for the person who was closest, which is Nick. Get in there. Well done.
6: Well done, Nick. Thank you very much, Al.
3: 39
2: January to May, 42 August to December. Uh, excluding Christy Pym for question three, who was already with us as 2023 began. How many new faces have arrived this calendar year? Alan, give
4: me a figure. Well, I've got three. I've probably missed some. Clive? Five. Jim? Oh, ten. Nick?
6: Nine.
2: Oh. Jim is correct with 10. Ah, come All on. Right.
6: forgot somebody. Uh,
2: so I'll give you a bonus point for uh, getting 10 on the nail. But let's see how many you can get. So remember, it's a one point each. So Jim, give me those arrivals,
3: please. Callum Johnson. Uh, Davis Keeler Dunn. Lewis Reed, Alan Kilgore. Reed, I
6: forgot. Clint, George
3: Williams. Callum McDonald. Lewis Brun, Bailey Cargill. Will Swan. I'm going I've
2: to to my hands up to something in a minute. Right, I got. I wrote this down: um, Alfie Kilgore, Callum Johnson, Lewis Reed, Davis Keeler Dunn, Callum McDonald, Bailey Cargill, Aaron Lewis, George Williams, yeah,
4: them too.
2: Aiden Aiden Flint, and Lewis Brunt. Now. Jim said there, Wolf's One, and then Nick earlier in the quiz asked us a question. That I completely was that. Forgot yeah, that was that my Wolf's question.
6: One was on alone with him. us
2: in January. So I'm going to hold my hands up and apologise. I'm going to give you all half a point because I got one wrong and I didn't exclude him from the question. But the answer still remains as ten because, like Christy Pym, he was with us in January. Makes sense. Do you get sure, a point right, for each,
6: or is it just a point for ten?
2: No, one point each. One point for a correct oh, player, God. and a bonus point if you got the uh, if you obviously got all ten. Well, if you if know. you said ten as an answer, as Jim did. And I know Clive hates Craig's quizzes, but do you know what?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so half a, you all get half a point for me writing the question wrong, but the correct answer still remains as ten, and the answers were. Kilgore, Callum Johnson, Reed, DKD, Callum McDonald, Bailey Cargill, Aaron Lewis, George Williams, Aidan Flint, Lewis Brown. Right, question four. In 2023, who has played the most league minutes? Is it Scott Flinders or a combination of George Williams and John Duo Tool for the entirety of the year? Plus James Gale for January to May, so the back end of last season. Now, for clarity. This does not include any additional time, so 90 plus four or whatever doesn't count. It's based solely on 90 minutes. Yeah, like we're Uh, taking
5: that into account.
2: I know you were, but, you know, (laughs) just in case, some pedantic people listening or on the panel like you, Clive, would pull me up on it. So, Clive, I'm going to come to you for the answer. Is it Flinders or is it the combination?
5: I think it's Flinders. Alan?
6: Flinders. Nick? I don't think you'd have wrote a ridiculous set of options if the answer wasn't Flinders. Jim,
2: the correct answer with 378 minutes is the collective <sighs> of John Joe O'Toole, uh, George joke, this and James Gale in that plus David series. Tennant. You were wrong, Nick. I plus David Tennant. Speech. I specifically wrote it for that reason. Uh, and Scott Flinders uh, was 360. Uh, question five on Valentine's Day: The Stags shocked us all with a 4 win at Carlisle, Jim. But who scored one point each? correct ollie clark alfie kilgore lucas akins and elliot hewitt and a bonus point if well no you're not getting a bonus point so i didn't ask that so one point per sorry Uh, what were the four again uh uh, ollie clark alfie kilgore lucas akins and elliot hewitt thank you uh alan in
4: march snow saw a home game with who postponed i haven't got an answer for that one Craig. sorry uh, Clive, Forest Screen Rovers, Nick,
6: I just guessed at Rochdale,
4: Jim,
2: Leighton Orient is correct for a bonus point, you can still steal a bonus point if you wrote <laughs> down a result, what was the result, we did lose 2-1, well done, All right. I got that right, uh, question 7 Nick, preparations for 2023-24 began with the traditional friendly at Retford, an 8-0 win this time, can you name the goal scorers for one point each,
6: the one thing I was there, I, I was there, but I can't remember half it. I've gone for <laughs> Aikens. Yes. Boateng. No. Gale. Yes. Bowery. No. Quinn. No. McDonald and Cargill. Don't know.
2: No and no. I'm joking. James Gale, Callum Johnson, Will Swan, Davis Keeler Dunn, an own goal and a hat trick for Lucas Aikens.
6: Yeah, I remember that.
2: that the correct answer correct answers. One point each though and you don't get three points for Lucas Akins unless you wrote him down three times at which point I want to see proof.
5: There's no oats in there was there?
2: No there wasn't no it's James Gale, Lucas Akins, Callum Johnson, Will Swan, Davis Keeler <laughs> Dunn and an own goal. Uh, Alan, in the league how many clean sheets have the Stag's kept this calendar year?
5: 13. Clive? 17. Nick?
6: 19
2: jim
5: 15
2: the correct answer
5: if i've counted them right moving on
2: question nine did anybody get that uh, right
5: no
3: nobody got it right he's not here jim's answers sorry 16 you... isn't the yeah. 16. can you hear it now
5: yeah
2: uh, right. Uh, Where would I get to? Question nine, Alan. This was the one you revised for at Christmas, and it didn't come up, so it's all on you. <laughs> the Stags have had two penalty shootout wins for the first team this year against Sheffield Wednesday and Peterborough. Can you name all of the players who stepped up and scored in both shootouts? So it doesn't. It she, be either all we- as long as. Chef Wednesday,
4: Barry, Maris, Dunn, Oates, and Flint and Peterborough, Barry Dunn, and Aikens.
2: Correct. So you don't get a point for uh, Bowery and Keeler Dunn in the Peterborough one. Uh, You do get a point for Lucas Aikens. So the correct answers are Jordan Bowery, George Maris, Davis Keeler Dunn, Reece Oates, Aidan Flint, and Lucas Aikens. Six points available there. If you got all six, by the way, give yourself a bonus point. You can have a bonus point on me.
6: (coughs) Alan's gone written and down next to his next to his laptop. That's the problem. Well, He's, still it. He's still got his yeah. Christmas notes. <laughs> it's still got his Christmas notes.
4: not doing any good. I'm not going to beat Jim. <laughs> you,
2: you should know by now that the Christmas podcast quiz is all about general knowledge and students. and Doctor Who. Yeah. The end of year, tw- end of calendar year. I'm quiz still is about living
3: on year. that winner. Couldn't believe it.
2: And then the uh, the end of the season is about that season. Come on, You should know by now. Uh, Clive, I'm going to come to you from next. You were there. You were next to me in this one. Uh, 2023 saw the return of Nottinghamshire derby with a 4-1 win in October. Can you name the goal scorers for me, please? One point each, and a bonus point if you get them all right.
5: Cargill and Flint. Yep. Dkd and Maris. No, and no. Uh, yeah. Nick, I'm going to come to you.
6: Reed got the first, and Aikens got the last.
2: He did indeed, yeah. with Cargill and Flint <coughs> in the middle. So. Reed, one point. Cargill, one point. Flynn, one point. Akins, one point. And if you've got all four of them, give yourself a Brucey bonus. Okay, ready. Jim, according to the stats, yep. how many shots did the Stags register on goal on Boxing Day? 30. Alan?
4: 39. Clive? 39.
2: Nick?
6: 37.
2: 39 is the correct Uh, answer according to the stats, well done. And finally, question 12. Since his arrival in January, how many goals has Davis Keeler done scored in the league? Clive? 13. Alan?
6: 18. Nick? 18.
2: 25. 20 is the correct answer.
4: I I misunderstood the question.
5: No, well,
2: you know, you hate Craig's quizzes, no. but you love me. That's all, that's, that's all that matters in the end. That's all that matters. Right, top your scores for me, and we will find out who... Um, who... You know, yes. what?
3: Yeah. Question three. Did you have to get them all right to get a point?
2: Bear with me a second. Let me just write people. Question three. Did you have to get them all right to get a <coughs> point? Uh, no, it was one point each and a bonus. Right. If you got... If you said ten, Yeah. that was a point, and then you got one point per player.
3: Right, and half a for. and half a point for, and half yeah. A point
2: for me yeah Cock-in-o. yeah so everybody should have should be on something point five uh alan i'm going to come to you first
4: <laughs> 30 and a half
2: 30.5 jim i'm going to come to you next okay. oh, no, Poor effort.
5: five what was jim's score
2: he hasn't given me he's still, he's oh, still right. adding up yet
6: there's
3: 20 10. 26 and a half uh Nick 31.5 oh well
2: done,
6: Nick <laughs> i
4: Jim's
6: think he, doing... I think jim might have pipped me because he got the yeah, extra bonus Jim's point for the 10 it. I think that's done it i think that 10's gonna have done it and I got the 39 wrong I think
3: 35 i think I
6: 35. 35 that's unbelievable
2: you can't, well, it's,
4: it's got to be point five. So got, I mean, yeah, six, yeah it's 30. got to be a point five. It's thirty point five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then Nick wins. Or do we win? Oh.
6: The, it's not the, the Clive parking experience, is it? I'm not paying for that again.
4: Yeah. The winner. Oh, I don't know. I wanted. I wanted a box of biscuits last time.
2: I don't know if you heard that. The winner. Is Jim on 36
4: and a half? That's a joke. Well done, Jim. Hold on, Jim. Hold on. I need to get another hobby. Let's have a bit more effort,
3: Clive.
2: What do you win? I mean, arguably, Jim's already won the prize because he's been allowed to come round to Mantua Matta's HQ and not been banished to the phone. So. I think Jim wins the prize. Uh, We will have a prize for the traditional end of season quiz when we will all be together. Thanks so much for playing along. Uh, Right, that is all we've got time for on that. But there is one more thing uh, left to do, and that is to uh, have normal service resumed. Play the worst jingle ever made in 2023. Okay. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? Right, a big month ahead for Mansfield Town. Uh, and H. Jim, and H. Jim, Climbers put us on his uh, name. A bit harsh. Uh, we've got a big month ahead for Mansfield Town. It's the chorus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, though, let's go through podcast predictions uh, to see um, who is uh, topping the leaderboard at uh, the end of December. Hey, um, it's you. We've got to go through a lot of names, a lot of people that are playing along with this one. So I'm going to go uh, in order up until the top 10 uh, if you get a shout out here you have scored a point i'm not going to say how many points uh, you've got i'm just giving you a shout out for being on the board uh super mark mel shacklock tom king kyle Bingley, Radcliffe stack glorna tara yellow gaz uh oliver 425 mr tickle uh watson wonderers luke bramwell gabby a joe kyle witty liam smith uh 21 is a, is a name apparently uh nick welsh uh, Sarah A. Oh, hi, Sarah. That's who I work with. Um, John John, Ian Brown, Addison Crump, Nathan Edge. <laughs> who? Uh, Matt Green, not that one. Matt W. Craig Pateman, Taxi Pete, Mitchell the American, Dennis Sims, Mark Lapko, Craig Foster, Craig Vincent, Roger King, Sam Pateman, Richard Spencer, Sarah Sonic, Darren Wood, Cam Felton, Prawl, Broomhead, Proud, Stag, Stephen Pound, uh, Keely of Her Game to Fame... I'm just checking that there's nobody on the same points in the top ten before I do it. Um, No, there's not, so I can carry on when I get to. Uh, Marie Wilson, Cathy Holmes, Joe Dalman, Adam Crum, Otley Stagg, David Shetlife, Tim Phillips, me, uh, Will Pound, Ashley Mutter, Simon Wilson, Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. And uh, there we are. So we have a top ten. We have three people all on ten points. (laughs) Uh, notice in there that I didn't say Alan or Clive, so they are somewhere in the top 10. So, um, let's reveal who is in the top 10. Right, here we go then. In joint 10th place on 59 points apiece, we have Stags Chat, Steve Yule and Yeah In ninth place on 60 points, is Clive Barking. In 8th on 62, we have Mrs. Trump. In 7th on 64, we have Chris Ellison. And on the 6th place on 65, we have Steve Ruth In 6th place, it's Fathead. On 67 points. In fourth on 73. It's Alan Wilson on 73 points. In third place, it's the podcast predictions guru Ben Swain on 80 points. And then we've got the two front runners on 98 points and 88 points that will reveal who they are. well they know who they are, but will reveal who is who in just a second first though. So far, a grand total of 292 points have been scored in the Mantle Masters Podcast Predictions League. We're in sixth place, it's Nathan Edge. In fifth, it's Cam Felton on 35. Jumping up to me in fourth on 55. is third on 57. Clive is then second on 60 points. And then Alan Wilson is leading the way at the top of the Mantle Masters League on 73 points. Unassailable.
5: Unassailable.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, in the league in total so far this season, I can tell you that 2,112 points have been scored. But as we go into the new calendar year, there is one man who is 10 points above second place, leading the way going into the new year. It's Steve Nadine on 98 points, Mick Felton just behind in second on 88 points. But will Steve Still be top at the end of January. Don't forget, double points available as we take on Scotport on New Year's Day. Predictions coming next. World of Steve. (laughs) Right, let's uh, go around podcast predictions then for the uh, New Year's Day game away at Stockport. Gym. I'm going to start with you. As always, we're looking for the results and the uh, man of the match.
3: 2-1 win. Uh, Ollie
2: Clark. Uh, Nick, I'm going to come to you next.
3: 2-2. Two, 2-2 two.
2: Two, two draw. Okay, yeah. Man of the match?
5: Flint. Clive. 1
2: 1 Pim. I am gonna go for a 3 3 draw, don't know why. Ooh, and I'm gonna go for man of, man of the match. I'm gonna go for DKD. Uh, Alan, you're the leader of the Mansfield Matters group. Uh, we've had three draws so far on our predictions. Jim's the only one that's gone for a victory. Are you going optimistic, Alan, or are you going to go pessimistic?
4: The usual. Stockport County, one. Mansfield Town, two. Man of the match, Bailey Cargill. Well,
2: there you go. As always, if you want to get involved and have your say on your team and, of course, play along with podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description. Uh, Before we go and before we round things off for 2023, uh, let's just uh, reflect on the calendar year as a whole. Um, Alan, I'm going to start with you. January came around and, you know, we were in an all right position. We were in, in and around the playoffs again, but there was a little bit of niggling doubt in there that we'd not quite achieved our potential. Then we made some good signings all in all. Second, as we go into the brand new year, surely this calendar year has been one of good momentum. And it's given us the best possible position to be in for the new year. You must be pleased with it.
4: Definitely. I'm more than pleased, Craig. You know, being a Stags fan for 54 years, it's uh, it's looking very, very good. And I've just finished the end of the year with four words. In Nigel, we trust.
2: Clive, uh, what about you? Uh, your reflections on 2023 as a, as a calendar year?
5: Well, I have to try and conquer at this point my inherent negativity because I've been a Stags fan for so long, it's ingrained in me. Um, but I think we're going to get promoted automatically this year and don't rule out as champions. Ooh. Wise nice words. Jim, I'm going to come to you next.
3: I think it's been about continuing on the right trajectory and progress. You know, since Cloughs came in, he said give him, was it three years? And it's, it's sort of what's, what he said is coming true, isn't it? And uh, I'm excited about what this year's got told. I think we will get promoted, yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with Clive. I think it's, the, the title's is not out of question.
2: No, it's certainly not. Nick, uh, what about you? yourself? Obviously, you know, a, a real good year for the Stags. We are in the best possible position that we could hope to be at, at this stage. Something would have to go drastically wrong now, wouldn't it, for us to not get promoted? Well, like
6: I say, the the inherent pessimism that Clive feels, I think we all do. But again, like I said earlier, if it wasn't Mansfield, there's not a chance you'd be saying they won't go up. So, best thing we ever did this year was not getting the playoffs last year. That's my... Yeah. Um, strange take on this year. The best thing we ever did was not not getting the playoffs. Concentrate on this year. Two good transfer winners and we're in the best place we have been for a long time.
2: Absolutely. Uh, right, before we uh, sign things off and, uh, and and say farewell and so long, uh, Nick, obviously, you know, always collecting shirts. You've been doing a countdown of your favourite shirts of uh, the calendar year as well. Please tell me it's, the collection is going to continue way into uh, way into to 2024, some new shirts on the horizon?
6: Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, there's a few people who have, I've sent away to look in their deepest, darkest hovels of, of lofts and attics and storage facilities to have a look who said they've got some. So um, I'm expecting one coming from Australia. He just hasn't posted it yet. Son of a former Stags player. Um, yeah, there's loads on the horizon, hopefully. Um, just keep plodding away and keep random people keep. Accidentally show me photos of shirts, and I don't leave them alone till they, uh, till they finally give it me.
2: Yeah, that's the best way forward, isn't it? Right. Uh, before I uh, play the outro, finally, your hopes uh, for 2024. I think it all has to be collective. One word, doesn't it, Alan? And that'll be promotion, won't it?
4: Definitely. Yeah, I'd like to be on that pitch again. You know, dishing, uh, announcing when they get the medals.
2: Clive, it, it, like we said earlier, it would be it takes some doing now surely wouldn't it to not replicate the first half of the season and being amongst it
5: oh it's within our capabilities to bugger it up completely um but i don't i don't think we will
2: <laughs> Mick, you can always rely on clive to add a little bit of pessimism to the mix can't you there
6: we should have ended on that really shouldn't we <laughs> probably sure. that should be a jingle that should be a jingle in itself that I don't think we'll stuff it up but we just might thank you very much
2: Maybe, yeah. thank don't. you and good night Jim final word from you <laughs> well, uh,
3: aside, we have been let down before but I think this that this manager and this set of players there's enough winners in that dressing room I, I don't think it, it will be screwed up well there not, you not go not this time
2: the words there of Jim Evans thanks as always for joining us my thanks to uh, Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame to Alan Wilson uh, to Clive Parkin and for Jim Evans for joining me in the Mansfield Matters studio uh, this lunchtime on New Year's Eve <laughs> So that is all we've got time for 2023 is almost over the the uh, the bells of big ben are about to ring will 2024 be the year of the stags no doubt we've been on one hell of a journey this calendar year transforming the club into the best position that it's been in for many a moon to remember all that's left to do now is strap ourselves in ask questions ponder quandaries and have that little bit of hope as we reflect on 2023 and welcome in 2024 with a trip to the league leaders, Stockport County. As always, we will be there to follow the journey, to have our say on our team and you can do the same as well. Make sure you're following us on all things social media to find out when we're next going to be live. Play along with podcast predictions via the link in the description and there's only one thing left to say. Have a happy new year. See you on the other side.